Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. I'm, as always, so happy that you're joining me. Today, we're going to be talking about how to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So I'm sure you will agree with me. When I say it feels like every vertical is super saturated, I feel like there's a million businesses being launched every second. (laughs) And no matter what the niche is, there's just like so many companies popping up in every category. And you can look no further than your Instagram newsfeed to see tons and tons of these niche businesses popping up. So if you find yourself ever kind of double clicking or slowing down on your scroll on a particular product um, and indicating to Instagram that you're like interested in that product, sooner or later, you're going to be served just dozens and dozens of ads of similar products. And it always surprises me because even in very niche categories, I'm seeing like tons of different businesses, which is just an indication of how many businesses there are nowadays. Um, An example of this is a couple weeks ago, I heard a podcast of this like female founder that had started this non-alcoholic wine brand, right? And this is like something that I've never searched before or even thought about before. But on the podcast I was listening to, this founder like went into the whole story of how they developed the product and the taste and all these things. And it got me curious to just sort of like search for it. So I did a search for one brand of non-alcoholic wine. Again, like something I never like would think to search for. And now I tell you on my Instagram today that I open it, I think I saw like 10 non-alcoholic beverage um, companies ads for wine and for like upscale mocktails and all of these things. So in your world, do you have a similar experience? Is there something that you maybe double clicked on on Instagram, like something that you slowed your roll down and now you're seeing like dozens and dozens of similar products from different companies? Um, but it's just like it surprises me because there are these categories that feel so niche that you wouldn't expect there to be so many brands um, kind of creating similar products. But yes, there there are. They do exist. So Again, this is just sort of a um, an example of how many businesses are out there and just how difficult it might be to stand out, which is why today I wanted to talk about the 10 different ways that you can stand out in a crowded marketplace, um, that your startup brand can really make noise and grab people's attention. Because I think sometimes 
you know, we go through the motions. We're trying really hard to do everything right, get our operations right, do our goal setting, make sure the product's well, do good customer service, right? And these are, in a lot of ways, the minimum now, right? Because in order to really survive and really to have success, you need to be exceptional. You need to be extraordinary. But the good news is, is that most people give up. And this is extremely true. Okay, business is difficult. And a lot of businesses fail. um, Not because of something like inherently wrong with their product or service. But the founders just like run out of steam, or the business runs out of money, right? So how can we stop you from being in one of those situations? How can we stop you um, from giving up? Because just like anything in life, it is hard, but so many of us give up before it's about to get good. There's going to be trials and tribulations anytime you're trying to do something extraordinary in life in any facet of your of your life in relationships in your health journey in your business but sticking to it being intentional being focused this is the formula that's going to get you to the next phase and i hope that these 10 ideas um, give you an idea of the ways in which you can focus intentionally that are these these kind of suggestions are really going to help you develop your company into one that will get noticed. Okay, so let's start with number one. Again, 10 ways to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So the first one is know your audience better than they know themselves. And I started with this one because it's the most important one. A lot of businesses are not in the business of knowing their customers and their audience. They're in the business of throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying as hard as they can to sell, but not really paying, um, spending the time to build those genuine relationships. The best companies are obsessed with understanding their audience, building a community and a movement around their brand. And if you think that, you know, social or community is not part of your strategy, I would have you think again, because you're going to gain so much from being part of um, the experience of building a community and gain getting intimate with your audience. It's really going to be um, that catalyst that could project you into unimaginable heights. Now, the reason this is, is because All companies exist to solve a pain for their ideal customer. And even if you're a clothing brand or something that feels really um, non-essential, okay, there are plenty of companies that have built real mission and real value, um, values around things that aren't, you know, aren't things that we really quote unquote need. But as a brand, as startup, we can build that desire. And we can bridge that gap between our product and service and what our ideal client, what our audience really desires and needs out of life, right? People buy things, not just because they need them, but but because they want to feel a certain way. 
And us as brand creators, we can develop our brands that are going to help our audience to feel that way, right? In the content that we share and in actually how we deliver on what our business is. But practically speaking, the most effective communication, the most effective copy that you can write for your website, for your ads, is just simply mirroring back the exact words that we're hearing from our audience, right, and from our community. And this is really an important thing to, to think about and to sink in because, yes, hiring a copywriter is really important, but if you've ever worked with a good copywriter, the first thing they're going to do is ask to interview your existing customers or your potential customers. Any copywriter that's worth their their, you know, worth their weight, right, are going to do that. Why? Because copywriters understand how important it is to speak the language of the customers. And if you spend the time to know your audience better, you're going to really understand them and understand how to sell to them. So I would, I would say as a founder, like one of your top most important highest level activities you could do in your business is to be spending the time understanding your customers, understanding your audience, because this is really a game changer. And it could be the difference between you spinning your wheels or gaining traction. So the second way that you can work on standing out in a crowded marketplace is to pay more attention to your past users than your future ones. This is a juicy one, okay? I think that founders, especially early stage founders, are so focused on lead generation and getting new customers through the door that they oftentimes don't take the time to truly understand, but also treat well their early users or their beta users, right? And this makes a lot of sense because, again, when you're first iteration of a product or service, a lot of times maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe it's not really the product that you want or the product you envision, right? Because it's always an iteration stage. It doesn't matter what you're selling, right? And so what that sometimes causes us to do is discount those early adopters and discount those first-time users, right? Or anyone that's kind of used the product in the past that you don't feel is like the perfect version of the product. And I think you're missing a real opportunity there, right? Not only for building the relationship with those past users, but all of the insights you can gain, right? If you make an effort as an organization, as a company, to really treat those early adopters like gold, really like gold, you're going to get a lot back from that. Um, One, because they're going to feel part of your story. So that's incredibly powerful for loyalty and referrals. But not only that, you can gain a lot of great insights for product upgrades, for communication, for everything about customer service quality, everything from these past relationships. So I would encourage you to spend some time sort of 
really cultivating these client relationships with your past clients or users or customers and understanding that in the future when you do do product upgrades or you do create um, different products or services, they're going to be way more likely to buy than converting brand new people that have no idea who you are, what you do, right? That cold audience. So there's some statistics here. Um, This is from a Forbes article uh, that states that businesses have a 60 to 70% chance of selling to an existing customer, while the probability of selling to a new customer is only about 5 to 20%. So that's 60 to 70% likelihood of conversion versus a 5 to 20, right? That's a huge difference. And so I love doing the exercise of having founders going through the lifetime value of the client as well. This is also an exercise I think we don't pay a ton of attention to. Um, We sort of see our customers maybe as buying, you know, depending on the product, right? Um, But this is a number, right? What is the potential for this one person per year? Could be like way, way, way more um, revenue than than you think because you're only focused on acquiring those new customers, right? What can we be upselling to our existing customers? How can we be enhancing their their involvement with us and their relationship with us. These are things to think about because doing those, maybe doing those smaller launches um, could actually be quite profitable for your business. So really staying connected to your past users and really cultivating that relationship is so important. Um, Number three, okay, the third way to stand out in a crowded marketplace is to take your brand too seriously. Why? So I hope that you've done all of the proper back work to create your mission and your values for your brand. This is not only really important for you just to have this like really down on paper for yourself. It's also really important for you to communicate to anyone working in your business. And In addition to that, you need to make sure that everything that you put out into the world, all of your communication, your website, your social media, your offers, your actual product, make sure that all of that is in line with your brand. So this is a really easy way uh, to shoot yourself in the foot is by not having a solid brand. You may have heard statistics like it takes, you know, a a potential client or customer 12 touch points before they kind of register what you do or how you like under like put the pieces together that your business can serve them. Right. This is like 12 touch points and it's going up every single year. So we can't really expect a potential client or customer to take action in any way until they've seen our brand at least 12 times. Okay. And so with that, we need to make sure that those 12 touch points are all sharing a very consistent message, look, feel, um, copy, tone, voice, all of the stuff, imagery. There needs to be a symmetry from different platforms that's going to be exuding like 
personifying your brand. Because if you don't have that consistency, it's going to be even more difficult to capture people's attention. So I think that your brand should be taken very seriously. Um, And not only that, I think we also need to understand that people want to do business now with organizations that have an opinion, that believe in something, that stand for something. And our brand um, element, sort of the brand criteria is the exact way that we put our stake in the sand and say, this is what our company is. This is what we believe in. And this is who we are. So take it seriously, because if you're loosey goosey about, you know, what your brand is, and you're shifting too often, you're not going to be able to register on people's radars, um, and actually be connecting with those potential customers. Number four is to humanize your business, okay? So this is the fourth way in which we can stand out in a crowded marketplace. The humans behind your business is part of what makes it so unique. And it is something that no other business can replicate. So we're talking about being unique, right? And and kind of breaking through the noise. Well, make showcasing the humans behind the business, either your founder story or the way in which you operate, or (laughs) highlighting mistakes that you've made or being really honest about your journey is a way that you can really stand out. I think a lot of businesses, especially startups, we kind of feel like we need to look bigger than we are. So we start taking on these practices of these bigger organizations that just dehumanize the business, right? If you're thinking that you want to present your way, you present yourself in a way that makes you seem like really tied up professional, like a, like these big organizations, then you're going to be competing with these big organizations, right? But bringing it down to the story, um, the passion, you know, people really connect with these things. And it's something that can easily help differentiate your businesses from other businesses. So the fifth way in which you can stand out in a crowded marketplace is to really unlock your unique selling point. So I love to go through the exercise of really studying the competitors. Okay. And again, in a crowded marketplace, it's, you may kind of go into it thinking, oh, you know, there's the total addressable market for my product is so big. It doesn't matter if, you know, I have something super unique because there's like enough buyers out there. I think that's a mistake. I've heard other marketers talk about this, talk about the fact that like you don't need a unique unique selling point um, and that there's like enough there, right? We can reach enough people, but that's, I think that's baloney. I think that you really should be honing in on what makes your business stand out against competitors and shout it from the rooftops. I think you need to fight for your place in the market. And I think you need to be clear on what makes you better and more special than your competitors. And you need to be communicating that consistently. Now, now I'm not saying by no means am I saying that you need to like single out your competitors and kind of make it, you know, this comparison, this public comparison with I, which I think is kind of a nasty way of marketing. I don't think it comes from a really good place. But again, I think that by just simply communicating your benefit, the benefits um, 
and what really makes you unique um, consistently in your communication is is going to help your potential buyers differentiate you from the competitors, right? The last thing you really want from a brand perspective is to be one of those companies where they're just like slapping you with another company on like the, that chart and sort of, you know, has this, doesn't have this, right? And you're just doing that side-by-side comparison. Ideally, you should be aiming to have a brand that's so special, unique, and interesting that you're going to be grabbing people's attention and they're really going to feel a pull to you and your business. That's the goal, right? But you're not going to get there unless you're very clear on what makes you unique. The sixth way in which you can stand out in a crowded marketplace is treat everyone as if they were your mother. So if you have ever listened to the founders of Zappos, there's a really great um, How I Built This episode. I'll link it in the show notes um, with Guy Ross, who we love How I Built This. Um, If you haven't listened to How I Built This, please do. Um, It's a podcast from NPR. Um, But Zappos is a really great uh, company to just study if you want to learn a little bit more about customer service and how to have a customer first company. I think this is so important to treat your customers like gold customers come first. But you'd be surprised like how many businesses out there I think this I think a lot of brick and mortar businesses um, fall victim to this as well. But sort of thinking about profits over people And I understand, like, it's hard. It is freaking hard when crazy things like COVID happens or we're having economic recession. People are getting kind of in scarcity mode. I understand why it happens. But in the long term, it means so much to treat your customers well and to get those referrals and to not get those bad reviews. It really means so, so much. And I can count so many times that I've had sort of a bad experience with a product or service and then the customer service just like turned it around, made sort of a loss into a win and and I've bought from those companies again. I mean, it is is incredible. Remember our um, previous buyers, right? Our past clients are 60 to 70% more likely to buy again, right? You do not want to risk losing that, right? So really building your company values around your customers first, it's going to pay you back tenfold um, in the future or more. And it's also a way that again, if you figure out how to surprise and delight and go beyond, go beyond the basics, that also is going to help you stand out. Because nowadays, I think, especially for SaaS companies and and sort of tech and online, they kind of got it, right? Because of Zappos, because of Amazon, they sort of get like, yes, the customer, the customer's always right kind of thing, right? But more so than that, it's not just about the customer being right. It's about how can we really delight? How can we turn something that maybe is a negative experience into a positive one and then go one step further to just to express appreciation for being a customer for taking a chance right on a company even if you're a small startup um i mean especially when you're a small startup right you really want to be thankful for your customers because those customers not only can buy again but they can give you invaluable insights as you grow and scale so number seven okay number seven 
is one that I feel like a lot of founders think they don't have time for. Um, so this is the seventh way we can stand out in a crowded marketplace. It is to stay ahead of trends. Now, a couple months back on the podcast, I had um, Ray Wong on, and he wrote a book called Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It was such an interesting podcast episode. I will link it in the show notes as well. Um, and in his book, he was talking about these huge corporations, right? The, the Googles, the Amazons, the Ubers, and sort of the future of these large businesses, Okay, but one thing we talk about quite a bit on that episode, which made me think to put it here, is innovation. And one thing he points out is the way in which the small guys, the little guys and gals, the small startups can win against the monsters like the Googles is through innovation. Companies that are more traditional, like let's think about like Coca-Cola. I mean, these companies that have been around for like, I don't know, 80, 90 years, Disney, right? These organizations oftentimes, they get into the rut where they don't really spend enough time, energy, and money on innovation. They, they get caught in their processes. There's kind of so many layers to, like in those organizations to actually pushing through new ideas that oftentimes they really lack in terms of innovation. And so this is where you have like a huge opportunity, not only to gain edge against your competitors, but even to gain edge about uh, like against your like ideal, comp- like your dream competitors, right? This is how, you know, this is how startups, you know, get acquired for bajillions of dollars from these organizations because there's something that they have that agility, that ability to sort of change the product, service, marketing, communication based on that ongoing communication and relationship with the client, you're so much more agile. You can do this so much more quickly, but it takes intentionality. You know, it takes time to like spend on innovation, right? So I would really encourage you to do that. Um, Not only is that going to help your business, it's also something that investors really love to see that you're really have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in your vertical and in your industry and um, and seeing what innovative ideas you have in store that you're going to be rolling out, right? To keep you kind of ahead of the curve. So number eight, okay, number eight, the eighth way to stand out in a crowded marketplace is to be transparent, okay? Do not make this mistake. Again, this kind of is related to um, what we were talking about a minute ago about trying to kind of make your business look bigger than it is. And with doing that, it sort of removes this humanity piece. And so I say, we're going to make mistakes, right? As startups, we're going to make mistakes. Undoubtedly, we're going to make mistakes. And, And when you do so, be transparent. Be transparent when you don't get it right. Be transparent in, you know, in the struggles, in the story. Um, That is so valuable. It's so valuable for humanizing your business, right? Um, Building sympathy, building, um, building relationship, building community. It's a really strong tool just, just to be honest, right? And the other way that is really powerful to be transparent is, showing your audience how you stay true to your mission and values. So again, it's like 
again, people are wanting more and more to see what businesses stand for, right? So be diligent in communicating exactly how, all right? Because don't expect your audience to understand your business, your values, and your mission at all. It needs to be something that you regularly communicate clearly and creatively. So we're getting almost towards the end, all right? So now we're on number nine, which is discover your hedgehog concept. So if you have not heard of the hedgehog concept, this comes straight from Jim Collins, the author of Good to Great, who, if you haven't read Good to Great, lordy, read it. I love it. I Honestly, it brought me to tears because I get so jazzed up and excited about just businesses changing the world and, and leadership and all of that stuff. Um, it's a little bit embarrassed to admit, but it's true. Good to great. I loved it. So Jim Collins in this book, he describes something called the three circles of the hedgehog concept. So the three circles, so it's sort of like a Venn diagram. You can, I've linked it in the show notes. You can look online there and see that diagram. But it's sort of like if you can take these three concepts and you can um, implement them into your business that you're going to you're going to have like an extremely uh, strong organization that will stand the test of time okay so the first in the first circle is what are you deeply passionate about okay what are you passionate about you as the founder the founding team okay it cannot just be about profit. It needs to be about true passion because the true passion is what will drive you when things don't go well. When when things get boring, things are going to get boring and repetitive and tough, right? If you're doing it right, that's all what's in the horizon. So you need to make sure that in your business, what you're doing today, there is true passion there, okay? That's the first circle. The second circle is what drives your economic engine, so important, right? We need to align that passion with what with what is actually making money in your business. So let's give an example. You've got two or three products or services in your organization, um, one of which you really, really love, the other of which you're indifferent about, the third of which you really don't enjoy or doesn't doesn't light you up in any way. You need to have a balance between which one of those are most profitable versus what you really have passion, right, toward. And so if you can iterate, develop, and improve your products to go in the direction of what you're passionate about, well, then you're really in business. So let's be conscious of that because oftentimes we have product or services in our business that are sort of like grandfathered in, maybe things that we just kind of have around. And so doing that that analysis of the revenue, really like um, analyzing the costs, right, the margins and all of the, those things, and really just honing in on the one or two things that's going to make you the most money, right, if it's like a particular product or a particular category. And then the third uh, concept, the third, third circle here is what can you be the best in the world at? And I love this concept. It's like, why are you, you know, once you've decided what you're passionate about and sort of what exact product or services to double down on, the ones that are most profitable, what can you really do better than anyone else? Why are you the one to bring this product or service to market, right? And these questions, I think, are meant to be pondered. They're not these quick response 
questions. I think this is, and again, you're not going to have this perfectly now. I, I bet you're not. But what I want you to consider as you build your, your business is to be growing into answering these questions, right? Growing into, like building and growing your passion, right? Really getting smart about those products and the margins and what you're actually going to be selling that's going to drive that economic engine. And then continuously um, improving yourself and your team to be the best in the world. That's what we should be striving for. So this is really like a, I think a little bit of a larger concept and a little bit different than finding your unique selling points. I think it goes much deeper than that. It's sort of saying, yes, guys, we're building, you're building this startup, right? And I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that it's not just about the product or service. It's about the business. If you really want to make a big impact in the world, if you really, really want to build something great, then you need to think about your organization as that, right? You're building this, this, this business and, and for which you are the leader. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that because we're kind of caught in the daily grind, right? Um, so I love that. Figure out your hedgehog concept. And the last and final way that you can stand out in a crowded marketplace is... <laughs> my last bit of advice. Don't wing it and wing it, which means leave room for serendipity. Okay. So what I mean by this is, is this having a plan is so important. If you've listened to any of my, (laughs) any other episodes, I think you'll probably pick up how intense I am about goal setting. And it is a process that I am constantly a student Anytime I work with a new founder, I love just extracting their systems, their ideas, the questions they ask during goal planning times, the way they review, the way that they analyze data. It is like it gives me so much joy and I'm always learning more strategies, how to be more focused, how to be more aligned. Like I'm a constant student of that and I encourage you to be the same because it is it's it is like simple but it is not easy okay goal planning and staying on track and just pushing the boulder th- up the hill planning is incredibly important that said it is also equally as po- important to stay loose be open be curious and leave room for creativity so we do not want especially in this early startup phase right we want to be able to leave room for innovation we want to be room for leave room for creativity we want to encourage creativity in our team and sometimes if we're too like heads down on the goals and we don't have that that room to just like talk and brainstorm and all of that stuff we gonna we're gonna miss we're gonna miss a lot as well so I leave you with that, right? Wing it, but don't wing it. Leave room for serendipity. Have your plan, right? So I, I, I forget the phrase, but this is coming to mind, this phrase about, you know, luck is is the cross-section between like preparedness and blah, blah, blah. You've probably heard this one before, right? It's sort of like Yes, there is like a degree of luck to things, but you have to be prepared. And that's sort of what I'm saying here at number 10 is like, be prepared, do your homework, know your numbers, have your goals, right? Align your goals with your team, but also um, 
leave room for luck and chance. You know, you don't know what partnerships you'll forge or people that you'll meet at events or conferences. That is like where the magic comes in. So I don't want you to lose sight about that. All right, so there you have it. 10 concepts you can implement in your business that's going to help you stand out in a crowded marketplace. Which was your favorite tip? I would love to hear from you. Please send me DM. You could always reach me on LinkedIn. I'm Victoria Hajar, H-A-J-J-A-R. I, I love getting notes from listeners. So yeah, send me which one is your favorite. I Or have you thought of any other ones? I would love to know. Um, that's it for this week. I can't wait to see you back here next week. We got more juicy topics to dive into and, you know, keep going. And I, listen, I believe in you. Keep going. You're going to get this. You're going to get there. You just got to stay focused and, and keep on keeping on. All right. See you next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member and I hope that you found this helpful if you did like this episode it would mean so so much to me if you subscribed if you rate and review this podcast it helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying it also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at ugly ventures u-g-l-i ventures v-e-n-t-u-r-e-s I am always so appreciative to hear from you and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.